Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. It's just a thought, just a thought. It's my opinion. It's just a thought, just a thought. Get out your feelings. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. I'm your host, Sheree Nicole. And let me tell you something. I am so, so grateful, so honored and excited to have Dr. Cindy Trim with me today. She's an empowerment specialist, a revolutionary thinker and a transformational leader. She's earned a distinguished reputation as a catalyst of change and a voice of hope to the nations. Her latest book, if you don't have it, you need to get it, Unstoppable, Compete with Your Best Self and Win, is out now. We're going to talk about this book. And you you all, I'm a little flustered because Dr. Trim just poured into me before we even started the interview. So I'm trying to gather myself and get myself together for this conversation. Um, but nonetheless, Dr. Cindy Trim, thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm very, very excited to have this conversation with you. How are you doing? We're halfway at the halfway point of the year. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm on top of the world, still rising and just really um, blessed. Uh, I think we're all in uh, a time of transition and um, I'm blessed to mentor people, especially women from around the world who have potential um, for, for greatness and the potential to help to push humanity forward. And I get um, the opportunity to pour into their lives and help them to take themselves seriously, to take themselves off of the periphery mm-hmm. of life and live at the center and to stop making themselves a option and other people a priority, make themselves a priority mm-hmm. and fill their cup first till it's overflow and then let the world benefit from that overflow. So I get to do some amazing things with amazing people from around the world. And I feel super blessed, especially at this stage of my life, uh, transitioning into a mentorship position where I can look back, extrapolate wisdom and give that as tools for women who are coming behind me. Um, and so that they don't have to um, fail their way to success. Um, and just lowering my, everybody's taken a knee. I take a knee to lower myself as a servant so that the next women in leadership uh, have shoulders to stand on. So I'm doing my part to make um, the shoulders a little bit more steady for the next generation of women, agents of change and history makers. And this world is filled with, with us. So that's what I'm doing and I'm having fun in the process. I love that. I want to I want to kind of point to two things you mentioned. The first thing is just this transformational kind of atmosphere that a lot of us are feeling. It's funny you say that because I've been having conversations with close friends of mine that feel the same way. It's like this shifting season is upon a lot of us. For you, from from just a spiritual sense, what what are you sensing to say with certainty? There's some transformation that is happening. There's some big pivots on the way. Yeah, um, it's an exciting world that we're living living in. A lot of people are afraid of AI. We've had AI for yeah. years. So it's nothing that's new. It's just that um, it's being made public. 
We it's publicly accessible now. Um, but we've been in this world where major transitions have happened and some of the best and the brightest have emerged as a result of it. You could look at any pandemic, you could look at any war, and you see how those external forces actually gave rise to some of the greatest um, breakthroughs within industries. And we're in the new normal yeah. Uh, means that we get an opportunity to define what normal is. Um, I think normal should be success and normal should be prosperity and normal mm. should be health and normal should be joy. Um, the Bible says, behold, I'll do a new thing. And when you can, when you um, use new and normal, it's an oxymoron. Yes. So uh, I say, well, let's make new normal. That every day, new mercies, new opportunities, new joy, new relationships, you know, new health. Let's make new normal um, rather than trying to warm up something that is old. Let's just have enough courage and the audacity to say that we're in a new season. And how do you know you're in a new season? You know, you're in a new season when God introduces a new relationship and a new challenge to you. And when the source of information and the speed of revelation changes. And so we're in hyper revelation, hyper information. I mean, you have uh, information that took five years, 10 years of education, it's now at your fingertips. Yeah. So, you know, we're all in a new season and every new season requires a new strategy. And that's why, you know, you and individuals and me as well, taking time to really revisit our vision and uh, strategy grows out of vision, goals grow out of strategy, and then time frames are dictated by goals. So, you know, there's a portion in scripture that says there was a tribe um, of Issachar who knew the times and then advised Israel what they ought to do. And so um, I feel that I'm in that position of advising, being able to articulate the season that we're in and then help people to articulate um, their potential and their dreams and their goals and their vision and to tell people you're not crazy I mean what you're feeling <laughs> really God um, I call it the God whispers God will speak to yeah. you in a decibel loud enough for only you to hear and it shows up like a prompting or something you have to do or a passion or something that gets your attention or some problem that you're challenged with Mm -hmm. And usually it's a large enough problem that it affects a large enough amount of people. And if you stick with it long enough for God to give you the strategy, that's where your prosperity is going to show up. It shows up in solving problems. So the wow. world is huge problems, big problems. And if a person wants to succeed financially, if you solve a large enough problem for a large enough amount of people, then your prosperity will follow. You wouldn't have to chase prosperity and success. It will chase you like a heat sensitive missile. Wherever you go, it'll find you until it explodes in your life. So I tell people, you know, don't complain about any problem. A problem offers you the key to your future success and prosperity. Wow. Before we get into this book, 
unstoppable. I do want to reference what you just said, the back end of what you just said, and reference what you said a few minutes ago about you don't want, you know, people to have to fail their way to success, fail their way to the top. Um, with that in mind, because a lot of people are, it, it's really, it's really cute to say uh, losses are lessons. I've heard that from multiple people. Um, failure is your opportunity to learn. And, and we, we're in this culture now where failure is almost embraced in a way, at least for me, I haven't necessarily heard prior to the last few years. How do you view failure enough to to really boldly and come in, in a very composed way say, hey, I don't want to see people fail their way to success. It, it means that you're, it's, it's nothing wrong with you. It's something wrong with your strategy. So you just change your strategy. That's what failure is all about. Um, and I think enough people have failed in your space for you to learn from them. So attach yourself to successful people that have done the failing for you. Um, I'm not saying that you won't fail yourself, but you don't have to fail as much um, because failure, again, is a way to separate those that are just taking a stroll into the future and those that are serious about it. It's like you showing up and there's a wall. Walls are there not to prevent you access, but to determine how bad you want it. And then sometimes we can get comfortable with a certain level of performance when we have more potential. And so sometimes it's the frustrating moments that pushes you into the depth of that area of potential that you would not otherwise explore. So I think, you know, life has its own algorithms, doesn't it? And um, one of the most amazing algorithm is faith. Um, faith, not only in yourself, but in our collective humanity to have what is necessary for us to solve our problems and move the needle towards being more progressive more loving, more inclusive than we've ever been. And so we're on our way. I, I see the glass half full. Yeah. We're well on our way. And one of the reasons why we're well on our way is because people like you live in this world. <laughs> That's why we're well on our way. Well, I, same applies so to I, tell you, people, <laughs> I tell people, look, the world cannot go to hell in a basket because evil does not own it. God does. Mm. And the only thing for evil to thrive is for good people to do nothing. So I'm out here doing wow. something because I, I wanna be um, a contribution to the solutions to the problems that the average person has identified. So when I pray, I see myself as the answer to my own prayers. Mm. I love that, unstoppable. Compete with your best self and win is answering a lot of prayers. Um, and with that said, I want to stick with the best self part right now of, of the book because there may be some there may be some people out here, Dr. Trim, who don't who don't know what their best self is, who who can't recognize that. Um, how do you hope this book helps them to unlock that and also just navigate with this new normal that you referenced earlier? Yeah, unstoppable. I wrote it. I rem I uh, opened up with a story from when I was five years old. I was in this um, shoelace race. Um, and I came from a large family of seven. Somebody should have taught me how to tie my shoelaces, <laughs> but they all tied my shoelaces for me. I was the littlest in the, in the family. And so I was five years old and in this race, nobody told me I had to have this skill. Hmm. And I've learned that everything you need to know, you learn on the fly. 
just learn it on the fly. So I was already in the race. It was too late to blame my family and to cry. Hmm. And they said on the market, set, go. And all the five-year-olds were in their little pants and their white t-shirts and their bow reds. And um, one by one, they went and they were finishing and everybody was um, screaming and shouting for their child. And then there was Cindy. I didn't know how to tie my shoelace. The hmm. tears were coming down, typical five-year-old. And everybody started screaming, go, Cindy, go. But I knew that I didn't know the rules. I didn't have the skill. And I didn't want to have a consolation prize. I wanted to legit run it. So I held up this race until someone came and helped me to tie it. And my teacher came down. He said, Cindy, it's okay. You can go. And I said, no, I want to run my race. Teach me how to tie it. So she tied it on one shoe and I tied it on the other. I held up an entire race and it was that day that I learned that I was not competing with other five-year-olds. I was competing with the next best version of myself. And all it took was a crisis. And it was that crisis moment that I tapped into the potential as a shoelace tire. It was in there, but nobody had taught me. And I ran that race and from there I learned that my only competition was the next best version of myself. And that version, I was always introduced to that version in the midst of a crisis or a problem. And that's how I learned never to catastrophize my life, Ooh. nor see myself as a victim. Life was not happening to me. It was happening for me. And it came to reflect to me like a mirror what I did not have the time or the intelligence to look at independent of that crisis or problem. So now when a crisis shows up or a problem, I always look within because I realize that there is some hidden potential that performance prevented me from seeing. Because there's sometimes we could perform yes. and we're good at what we do and we keep doing it over and over. And we shoot our potential at point blank range. So now every day I challenge myself. Today I shall operate at the highest level of my potential. And I do it consciously. And I do it deliberately. And when I'm, I, I don't stop long enough. I take me moments, an hour a day. Hmm. But when I don't stop consistently enough and deliberately enough, to ask myself and to ask God, what is my next potential that you're going to explore? I don't do that enough. Then there's always some problem that points me inward. Wow. Was there an example? Because at five years old, most five-year-olds, Dr. Trim, would say, okay, I'm just, let me go get my consolation prize. Or if the teacher comes up and says, you can go, okay. Did you see the level of perseverance determination, um, tapping into that inner inner pull in you that said, no, I, I need to get this right. Did you see that modeled for you at a young age where you were able to take from what you had seen and apply that? Or is this something that just happened in the moment? This is me being purely curious. Yeah, um, I think I was wired this way because of my purpose. Um, however, the greatest contribution to my growth and my development was two things, being abandoned by my father and growing up in abject poverty. 
Those are the two contributing factors because there's no apparent resources around. So where am I going to go? I'm not going to be a beggar. So I started my first business at eight. I've been a business owner since eight. I started businesses. I've owned restaurants. So I've been a business owner, real estate. I've been a business owner out of necessity. Secondly, I think reading. Um, I've been, I read a lot and I listen a lot. My heroes are all dead. And um, I read and reading sparked my imagination and creativity. And I just used to imagine myself traveling to these places and experience again. And today I've traveled almost 100 places, almost 100 oh. countries, all seven uh, continents. And I think teaching kids at a young age to take themselves seriously, that their daydreams are actual God whispers. I had so many daydreams. And, to, you know, to go back to my first statement, growing up in poverty and being rejected by my father and never growing up in a home with a father, we believe the stories we tell ourselves. And a lot of times we craft these stories because we're telling it for pity and not for principle. I don't want your pity. You go nowhere getting pity from people and it's learned behavior. So I never told my story. Um, I just took myself seriously, number one. Number two, I wasn't wired with a fear gene because my father wasn't present. So that a male dominant uh, presence was not in the home. And then my mother out of necessity had to explore the full range of who she was. So she was a contractor. She fixed windows, laid carpet. She learned how to fix electricity. That's what I saw demonstrated in front of me. A woman that explored the full range of her gifts and talent because there was no one there. My father was not there. Seven children, single parent, abject poverty. And those were my gifts because having six other siblings, um, I just lived in my little bubble. Hmm. I had a lot of fun and I invited my siblings to laugh at my stale jokes. I was the only one laughing. <laughs> So that's how I live today. I have a fabulous life because I created. And um, again, I point back to the fact that I grew up with lack and I use my mind, my imagination um, and my innovative ability. The mind is a uh, money-making creative machine. And I lived there. And it was because of poverty because my father wasn't there because Superman never came to my house to rescue me. I became a superhero. And then the last is connecting with God. I just always loved God. And I got saved at 17. And I discovered that the Bible was my life strategy is a book of strategy. And Christianity for me was life strategy. So where my other friends were partying and involved in drugs and all of that alcohol, that was their strategy for happiness. Mine was Christianity. So while they had hangovers, I had carryovers. Mm. So that's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. That's it in simplistic. Um, where most people considered me the poor little girl. I was very rich because I had order, 
timeliness. I had a mother as a role model. Um, she made us give back. So we were extremely poor, but young from young. We had to volunteer. So, you know, I learned volunteer. I learned service to humanity at young. And she told us never beg. Um, you're not a beggar. And I learned young that I'm not a victim of circumstances. I'm a creator of it. You've spoken a number of times about not being the victim. You've also mentioned a very important word multiple times, potential. And keeping in mind what you've talked about so far and also this book, there may be people that say, hey, Dr. Trim, I get what you're saying, but I don't feel like I'm moving forward. I very much feel stuck. I, I don't even see my potential past my own trauma. What say you to people who are in that space and what, how does this book minister? How would, at least would you hope that it ministers to them? Yeah, a lot of people suffer from what I call possibility blindness. Mm. Um, they can't see how life is going to work, how life is going to be different. They can't see past this week. You know, they can't even see how they're going to pay their bills. You have to stop. And if you can't get to the end of the week, get to the end of the day. And how do you do that? Life happens to you one day at a time. You cannot mess up tomorrow before tomorrow. So master this 24 hours the night before. I have a book called Commanding Your Morning. That's number one. Number two, master your mindset. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your mind will, will, will um, um, magnetize to you its dominant thoughts. So thinking is free. You don't need education to be a thinker. It's something that you do naturally. Control your thoughts. Eject thoughts that don't serve your dream and catch yourself thinking. Um, could things be the way they are because you are the way you are? One, one thing can you change that can change it, everything. You could change your mind about what you accept in your life. You could change your mind about how you live your life. And if you would accept this fact, that you are where you are today because of a series of decisions you made yesterday. And if you don't like where you are financially, relationally, um, the zip code that you're living in, then all you have to do is to decide where you want to be. And then on a day-to-day -day basis, control what comes out of your thoughts, what comes out of your mind, and then have the audacity and courage to put yourself where you see yourself. Because eventually you will get there. As someone who has been an entrepreneur her entire life, <laughs> that alone is is its own beast. And then we we throw ministry in here. We throw being an author, all these different areas and arenas that you've not only touched, but you continue to operate in. What has being stuck looked like for you at some point in your life, if ever? And if that's the case, how did you move from being unstuck to moving forward? That's, that's a great question. I think it's all mindset mastery, thoughts. Um, I, you know, remember a couple of times where I felt like, okay, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore because I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and nothing is happening. But life has its own algorithms. You can't keep doing something and not have a positive outcome. You cannot do something positive and not have a positive outcome. And you cannot keep doing something negative and not having a negative outcome. So I had to catch myself in my thought life because your thinking controls your destiny, right? 
Yeah. Thinking controls your habits. Thinking controls your discipline, your beliefs. So to get unstuck, you have to start with your thinking. You have to get unstuck in your thoughts. And once you can control your thoughts, your control your thoughts control everything. Then it's mind over matter. A lot of people are now on medication for depression and all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so a pill can fix something that is physical, but not something that is spiritual. <laughs> and most of what we're experiencing is spiritual. Like poverty is spiritual. Um, depression is spiritual. I do recognize that there were some people with chemical imbalances imba- uh-huh. that would take a chemical to correct it. Um, but while you're doing that, also, you got to understand, you believe the stories you tell yourself about yourself. And we are the ones that construct the stories. We're the greatest storytellers. Hollywood can never produce a movie like the stories we tell ourselves. But if you can just change the stories, you have been, you have been assigned as the lead actor in the story called your life. Stop playing the supporting role. Get in front, play the lead, play the protagonist, and every single day, you write your own script. Nobody writes it for you. You write the script. So the script that you write is called a vision. Write a vision for your life. And then put yourself where you see yourself. You're never a victim unless you make yourself one. So today I tell people, look, you're the lead actress. Be the hero, be the shero in your own life. And trust the process. Just trust your process. Trust yourself and trust God. Here's the key. You will only draw to yourself that which is equal to yourself. That's it. So if you want to change the way people treat you change the way you treat yourself hmm. Ooh, i want to i want to go to fatigue for a minute because some people may say dr trim i'm i don't necessarily feel like i'm stuck but i'm doing the work i'm exhausted but i do see some some progress but it's 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 very slow and steady i'm just tired i'm worn out what do you hope this book says to them Slow and steady is good. Um, A lot of times when people get discouraged and despondent is because they're comparing their success and comparing their lives with someone else. Stop it. This is your life. A person will have to be you in order for you to compare them with you. And they can't. So you have your unique path. God has a unique path for you and accept it. You are making a difference. Do not compare yourself with anybody. It's the, it's like the story of, um, who can I put? Um, the Pursuit of Happiness, mm-hmm. um, Forrest Gump. I mean, look at the success of Forrest Gump <laughs> because he learned to cooperate with life, not to compare itself with anybody. For all intents and purposes, they attempted to put a label on it. And he never accepted that label. He didn't have the wiring to even understand. Yeah. All he did was he made a decision based on critical moments in his life. 
And he became a part of the unfolding of history because he made history. So every little thing that you do is making a big difference. My mother, unless I tell you my mother's name, history will never record her, her life, never. But history will record the life of her daughter. And for some women, it's raising your children. My mother raised us. And out of seven children, she raised a world leader, government official, businesswoman, uh, author. Sometimes it's pouring into your children that you make history. Name me one doctor that didn't have a mother, one lawyer. Name me one preacher. And so stop comparing your success with other people. It's as unique as it is to you. Let me ask you a question. What is Barack Obama's mother's name? What is Sir Winston Churchill's mother's name? What is Mandela's mother's name? But look what they gave the world. Yeah. Give everything that you are at the moment that you're living in and success will find you. To find out what success is for you, not for people around you, but for you. Yeah. And you'll the happiest life ever. Mother Teresa had one car, had one bicycle, hmm. two dresses and one pair of sandals. And she gave everything success. Then you have others who need a whole wardrobe with makeup artists and drivers. Yeah. So if you compare the two, you can say, oh, she was not successful. And she was poor. No, she wasn't. She was very rich. She was rich in purpose, rich in potential, rich in identity, rich in destiny. She was rich in love. So it's just redefining those things for yourself. Mm. And that's what will make you powerful. I love that. Let's stick into that uh, a little bit more. Let's dig in. Pivoting into your best self pivoting into into becoming powerful as you mentioned are there five like foundational tips or principles that you could share with us that we can find in unstoppable um that would help people in moving towards their best self their most powerful self their potential so I, the book is so easy to read number one section one win from within so get to know if you want to get to know someone great get to know yourself Number two, wired to win. So, you know, create winning habits. Number three, win fluence. Win through influence. We're all influencers. My mother influenced me and I'm influencing the world. So we're all influencers. And you brand yourself. I mean, take time to brand yourself. You know how to brand. Like I say, I mentor women between the age of yeah. 35, 55. One of the first things that I teach them is how to be your own brand. And be your brand manager and understand that. And then number four, winner circle. And learning how to um, serve and how to become a leader. And it's all written in this book, compete with your best self and win. That's how you become unstoppable. What say you to people, quite honestly, Dr. Trim, that are, have fears around really encountering and embracing and exploring who they are? 
It is. I mean, you can get very fearful um, because we've been trained to navigate the world without, but never explore the world within. And you go there by yourself. And most of us are afraid of ourselves because we always have noise around us, people, people around us. But when you go within, it's called self-mastery. Defining what self is. Self is the sanctuary of God. So when you discover self, you'll collide with God himself. So you're never alone. And he'll whisper all the most amazing things that he has for you. And it's like daydreaming half the time or, you know, oh, I want to do this and not knowing why you want to do it. I call it the God whispers. You know, why did Michael Jordan want to dunk? Why did Michael Jackson want to dance? Why did Michael Angelo want to paint? God whispers. Why do you want to do what you do? God whispers. Why do I want to do the things I want to do? God whispers. Is there a particular God whisper that you can recall that is anchoring you in this particular season in your life right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, two, when I was 13, the guidance counselor always said, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I don't know what I want to do. All I know is I'm going to need a lot of secretaries to do it. Mm. And today I have a lot. We call them CEOs, CFOs, COOs, CIOs. You know, I have a lot of people helping me to do that. That's number one. And then number two, when I was debating, my best debate in the Senate, my best, I crushed the opponents, crushed them. The news, they, you know, I debated, I supported my um, team in their debate as well, one of my best. And after I finished the debate, I was sitting in the Senate And I heard the Lord say, you have two options. You can get married, have uh, 2.5 kids, live in a white picket fence. You can run this country. Because they were setting me up to be the first black female premier of my nation. Or you can relocate, go to the United States of America and start all over. I took United States. I became an immigrant. Started all over. Started at the bottom. All of my friends were like, you got to be crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were giving me the world in a civil letter. I knew everyone. They considered me the grand poobah in Bermuda. You can go back and you can read about me. And I took the road less travel. And it's been the best decision I ever made. So when people come to me and they say, you don't know what it's like. No, you don't Mm -hmm. know what I had to do to be here. You've got your stories. I got my stories too, but I've never been a victim. And I trusted God in the process. And that was the God whisper for me. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I, I want to move move to love for a minute because, you know, you talked about the God whisper you got and you, you had a little setup over there. The Lord said, here, I get you can have this or we're going to start from ground zero. And obviously, as you mentioned, you picked ground zero. Um, it's, there's so many women that, you know, have, have chosen, you know, their professional path and have paid a lot of a lot of prices along the way that still desire love um, and that are kind of looking at the biological clock or looking at, you know, the next birthday coming up and, and getting frustrated or anxious or, you know, despondent or even depressed, angry at God for that matter in some respects. Um, what do you say to women who are just in a season where they're like, God, I, I got I got the professional stuff I'm, I'm over here but 
my personal life. I want love. I want marriage. I want a family. Like it's, you can it's have not... it all. You can have it all. You got to define what all means to you. Hmm. And I wrote my vision in my vision. I was going to get married and I did at 60, but all in between I lived. I love my profession. I loved everything. Do you and think <laughs> what do you... I, 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 and I know, you know, I, to tell you the truth, some of our um, husbands are in prison, incarcerated. Some are dead from drugs, alcohol, yeah, um, premature deaths. You know, unfortunately, um, that's the truth. And I had to ask myself the question: If I never married, was was I was I satisfied with that? And I said yes. But I kept that in the forefront of my mind and on my vision that that's what I was going to have. Did you imagine yourself married in your thirties? Yes, I did. Because yes, that was my, you know, date that I was going to time that I was going to get married at thirty. What would you never- say? What would you say to the you the you now? High insight twenty twenty. What would you say to that 30 plus year old woman who who desired marriage now as a as a married woman in her 60s? Yeah, um, I would say what I say to myself even now. I keep believing, mm-hmm. you know, um, just keep believing and keep moving forward um, and love yourself first. Be in love with yourself and be comfortable with that and give. I mean, there's other things. People need to be loved. I raised, I raised kids. <laughs> I raised kids then. So I remember having this one young person that came to my life for a weekend and did not leave until she graduated from high school. Wow. So I've raised, I've given back. And um, so there are other things that you can do to satisfy that that need for significance and affirmation. I think love is about affirming and, and you affirming yourself and being affirmed by someone else. And that's what we look for. We look for someone to affirm us, not to make our lives work, not to make ourselves happy. If you're not happy single, you're not going to be happy married. If you're not successful single, if you're making, if you think that marrying someone is going to make you happier, it's not. You got another person to care about. And what if that person doesn't have capacity for what you're carrying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, even with my husband, we had to come to Jesus. Are you happy to be married to a woman who knows who she is? That's not turning for some to someone to affirm her. Are you happy to be married to a world leader? Are you happy to be married to a businesswoman? Because that's who I am. I don't need a knight in shining armor. I, I don't bring baggage to the table. I I have a small overnight case with my makeup in it. And that's it. But no baggage. Can you live with me and look for a person that is a high value man that doesn't need you, doesn't need your money? Because at 60, you know, again, at 60, if I had to have someone to affirm who I was and to tell me who I was, I don't need to be married. So he got a whole woman. Make sure that you know who you are, you have your identity and you bring that to the table because you don't attract who you want. You attract who you are. Mm. Be that woman. Okay. 
ladies, I'm 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 not gonna beat a dead horse. I hope you're listening, and I hope you're listening well. I certainly am. Um, a couple more questions for you, Dr. Trim, before I let you go. I, I do want to talk about the Kingdom School of Ministry. Um, all the all the work that you're doing there, and then also just this collision of the marketplace and ministry, and how they can coexist together. Okay, perfect, perfect. Kingdom School of Ministry was actually started. 25 years ago. And it started because someone invited me to the church and I was teaching about the kingdom and they said, can you bring that school? So I didn't have a school. I just had to teach it. And I wrote it on the fly. I do everything on the fly. And I wrote the school, started the school. It's 25 years old and it's dedicated to um, helping Christians and helping believers to soar in their lives and to be effective in the marketplace, to be effective leaders, effective creators, innovators, influencers in the marketplace. So we take um, eight courses, Understand the Kingdom, Purpose of the Church, uh, Prayer and Spiritual Warfare, um, Ordering the House, Prophets and Prophecy, Helps and Hospitality, and those courses. And we help to uh, practicalize them so that they could take the principles and apply it immediately in their personal lives and in their professional lives. Take, for instance, helps in hospitality in the church. We learn about uh, deacons and ushers. But what if I tell you that the world has taken that one principle? How can I help you? And turn it into multi-trillion dollar industries. Mm -hmm. And so I want them, I want people to see the practicality of the principles that we read and how the world uses them yeah. and how we just um, take our Christianity and we sort of coordinate off to a Sunday experience, not seeing the relevance Monday to Friday. Ooh. And so we take eight courses, which will take eight months and we do it as an intensive. So we're doing our summer intensive and when you walk away, you quantum leap your life by seven years. It's it's fantastic. Wow. Wow. I want to um, close out by first asking how can people get connected with the amazing things that you're doing? And obviously, guys, I just mentioned the book. We've been talking about this whole time. I hope you've been taking notes. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. So Pete, with your best self and win. Yes. I want to make sure people get are able to get their hands, eyes, ears on this Amazon, just go to Amazon. It's there. Unstoppable. Number two, any social media. I am Dr. Cindy Trim or Cindy Trim. And it's all blue check. So if you see something with low numbers, that's not me. And triminternational.com. Anything else we can look forward to um, this summer? Oh my God. This the Human Project. The Human Project. I'm writing 50 prayers <laughs> that encourages the world. So that's the human project. Um, and then also SOAR, our SOAR mentorship program. Um, they can find more about it. And then end your year strong the second weekend of December. Um, end your year strong is a summit that we host every year. So we want to invite people there. World leader, world changer, powerful woman of God, Dr. Cindy Trim, I thank you. And what's fun is you have all of these different branches to your tree, but you're somehow accessible to people. So you all please take advantage, follow her on social media, get the book and other books that she's written and just keep tabs on all the great things she is doing. Dr. Trim, I thank you. I honor you. I'm so, so grateful. This has been life-changing for me and I know it will be for those listening as well. So I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. God bless. 
Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sheree Nicole. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-A. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.